2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary.
1: Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hello and welcome back to The Early Night Show Virtual Edition or The Crona Cabaret. My name's Josh Turchin and thanks so much for being with us today. Broadway star and SiriusXM on Broadway host Christine Petty is here along with Elise Beerly. So please stick around. Welcome to the Early Night Show. Daylight Savings is coming up soon, and I was wondering if we could like, start a petition to cancel it this year it's the least we can do. I really don't think anyone wants an extra hour of 2020. Plus, we get an extra hour of daylight outside, which is pretty good. You know 2020 is super chaotic when they're no longer selling hex trucks, but hex ambulances. I really don't understand why we're still messing with unusual and mysterious things in 2020. From ancient mummies being unearthed to someone dumping bags of eels into a lake in New York. But for one New Jersey man, the pandemic's coin shortage brought him luck. By bringing his extra coins to Wawa, he ended up winning free Hokies for a year! This makes me super happy on so many levels, but mostly because he was my dad's camp counselor for several years! Speaking of good fortune, I've been really fortunate over the past few years to be a part of the Forbidden Broadway family. For those of you who are not familiar with the show, Forbidden Broadway is an entity in New York City which has been around for more than 38 years and parodies of the latest and greatest Broadway shows. I've been in three different iterations so far, most recently in Forbidden Broadway, The Next Generation which ran at the York Theater, a holiday tour at the Kravitz Center in West Palm Beach, Florida, and at the Triad. Now, Carol Channing is a Broadway legend. She was also a huge Forbidden Broadway fan. So after she passed, Gerard Alessandrini, the creator of Forbidden Broadway, wrote a new show called Forbidden Broadway Salutes Carol Channing. And I was cast to play young Gerard, which was so cool. One of the best parts of the night was getting to perform with the Forbidden Broadway icon, Christine Petty, who is one of the kindest and most talented performers I've ever met. She's also the host of Sirius XM on Broadway. I'm so excited to welcome her to the Early Night Show. Hi, Christine! (laughs) Hey, Joshua. Hi, I'm so happy to have you on the Early Night Show.
2: I know. I'm so glad I finally got on before your voice changed. I really felt terrible about putting this off for so long, you know. But luckily, the plague lasted longer than we thought, so we had plenty of time.
0: True. And like me, I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers listen to you on Sirius XM on Broadway. How did you become a radio host on Sirius XM?
2: I went to Fordham University, and I majored in communications, and I worked at the wonderful WFUV radio, which is a 50,000 watt radio station now that means that's the strongest um wattage a radio station can have even a college radio station it's as strong as any of the major radio stations across the country and it was all student run when i went and uh i made my best friends up at that radio station because i didn't live on campus i but i lived at the radio station so i'd go to classes Then I'd hop on a train up to Westchester to go to my after-school job. Then I'd hop on the train and go back to Fordham and do the news or program uh, the the Broadway show. Then I'd hop on the train and go into the city and see shows because I became the arts editor on the radio station. And all the people I went to college with are working. I mean, they're major uh, sportscasters and news announcers and incredible. And my dearest friend, Paul Cavalcanti, is a DJ in New York City, has been a DJ since college. He's never had a job outside of radio. And he's on um, WQXR, the classical channel now, and WNYC. And Paul was working at Sirius when Sirius was still in test markets. It hadn't been launched yet for purchase. And they, they were looking for somebody for the Broadway channel. So this was in 2001. And my audition, he got me an audition, and my audition was September 9th, 2001. And I was going to have another audition two days later for the for the Jazz Channel on September 11th, but they canceled that one for obvious reasons. But uh, I got the job, and it took them until, like, May of 2002 to finally, like, officially hire me They because they were still not up and running you know we're still putting their getting their act together but i have been on the air since basically may of 2002 so you know it's a long time 18 years wow that is so amazing he's my best friend still he's my dearest friend and uh and i actually got a job in what i majored in even though up until that point i had spent you know a decade performing which is not what i majored in So I finally got a job in what I majored in, which is nice.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Before I had the honor to work with you in the Forbidden Broadway concert to salute Carol Channing, I can honestly say that you were pretty much the voice of my childhood car rides when I was back in Florida. Aside from hosting on SiriusXM, you are also an incredible actor, and I have to say, one of the legends of Forbidden Broadway. Like being able to meet you for the first time, um, back in what was it, 2017 or
2: well, I think it was 18. It wasn't that long ago, believe it or not. I think she passed. We when we met at Carol Channing's memorial, that sort of our own memorial for Carol Channing that we that we put together with Gerard Alessandrini who created Forbidden Broadway, and that was a lot of fun. And you were fabulous in that. You he, Gerard oh. wrote an original song, didn't he?
0: you did it was so much fun to sing and you were all so like amazing
2: yeah my favorite part about that night was there were you know i don't know 12 people running in and out of feinstein's all of them in carol channing wigs and big red headdresses and crazy red lipstick running back and forth and the waiters were completely completely nonplussed. They were just dodging us. And it was like, this happens all the time there, you know, and, and we were just full of so much, I don't know, so much love and appreciation because, you know, we, we knew her, some of us more than others, but she touched our lives because of her eccentricity and her incredible style and her enthusiasm. And we just wanted to thank her and, in some way. And Gerard certainly at the top of the list, because without characters like Carol Channing, there'd be no need for a forbidden Broadway, you know, and she supported the show so much. She came to every edition she possibly could. And, and I think it's wonderful that you were a part of it, even though, you know, she was probably not somebody that you were as familiar with. I'm assuming I could be wrong there, but
0: I I absolutely love Carol Channing.
2: Yeah, she's uh you know, she's just one of those great they don't make them like that anymore. When we did Forbidden Broadway, one of the later editions, we didn't have any characters in the modern era of Broadway that had that stamp of unique style and extreme character. I don't mean good quality of being a quality human being, because there are many people of good character in the theater, but I mean just a character, a unique, flamboyant, un- one of a kind character. Uh, there, you know, Bernadette Peters is and Patty Lupone, but even they are—they don't walk into a room necessarily the way Carol- nobody walked into a room like Carol Channing did. Let's face it, nobody did. But it was a great night to be able to share it. Um, with everybody and particularly you you know have a newer gender younger generation appreciate it and carry the torch um well I I'm
0: such a fan of forbidden broadway and it was like absolutely incredible to be part of its latest run the next generation with lots of impressions when you were in the show were there any favorite impressions you got to do
2: I always liked doing Liza. Liza got better. I didn't like doing her in the beginning cause I didn't quite get it. I were trying to coach me on how to do it. And they kept on saying, I want you to laugh like you're ca- like a cat coughing up a hairball. And I didn't have a cat and I didn't know what that meant. And they go eh, 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 like that. And go, it's- I go, I would kill myself. I go eh, 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 and-, and I, I-, I-, I- it-, it didn't work. Um, and then I just watched her a little bit more. And actually, the thing that struck me about her was the way she talked. Her sincerity when she spoke. <laughs> and that's what it is. It was a little, high. well, for me anyway, it was a little higher up in the nose. More like, like in the nose as opposed to <laughs> like coughing. It wasn't a cough. It was a, anyway. So as I got better at Liza, I liked doing it because I, I can improv as Liza. I can't improv as a lot of other people. Um, I sometimes do Joan Rivers on the Howard Stern show, but that's all scripted. And I always tell them, please tell Howard not to uh, improv with me because I can't improv like Joan Rivers could improv. I'm not funny like her, naturally. I can do her voice and I I can mimic her timing and her pacing, but I cannot even begin to conjure up the jokes you know but Liza Minnelli I can improv as it, it I don't know the, the right ideas come to my mind so she's a favorite and Angela Lansbury on the flip side was one that came very simply I was a nervous wreck that I had to do her because I'd never done her and I, I said how the heck am I gonna do Angela Lansbury I don't even know what I mean and I just stepped on the stage and I started and there it was I mean I, it was just there and I had I had one of our producers who grew up, when he was about your age, obsessed with Angela Lansbury. He went to see, you know, John Friedson. Oh, yeah. He went, to, he went to see her as a little boy when she was on Broadway in Gypsy. He saw her in everything. I mean, he was obsessed with Angela Lansbury. So I had, you know, I had to be good. I was going to be scrutinized. And he was going to, you know, come and get me if I, you know, if I wasn't good, good at it. And it just came out fine and that's one of the ones believe it or not when i do it like people gasp and i i that's just that, that one's just dumb luck that's just dumb luck you know so everything is different but the biggest common denominator is that i had something that most people don't have which is eight shows a week the opportunity to have a laboratory for eight shows a week where i could get better at it you know i could get better at it and then with every new edition, I had, you know, I had developed, I had developed impressions and they were like in my stable of people. And then we'd add some new people and I'd get better at them. You know, Patty LuPone wasn't really in the show. Not the way I, you know, I got really good at Patty Lapone, but not in the beginning. We didn't have that many Patti LuPone numbers in the beginning, but towards the end, I got better at her. And uh, Bernadette Peters wasn't in the show in the beginning. And then towards the end of my run, we added her in and I got much better at her. So I had the luxury of being able to practice eight times a week on stage and fiddle around with new words and sounds and ways of molding a word and, and little physical tricks, audible tricks and things to do with my body physically that might remind me or the audience of that person. Um, and when you're a cabaret performer, you know when you're only doing one show every couple of months, there's not a lot of opportunity to hone it and get really, really good at it. So, you know, somebody like Oprah Winfrey, when I was doing musical, you know, I can only do one thing: the color purple. That's all I could say was the color purple, and and that was it. But then we had this long sketch where I had to talk as Oprah. And so every night, I would ad lib a little line here or try something new, and and because of that luxury, I got better at Oprah. So I'm very grateful for that opportunity to have had those opportunities.
0: That's so cool with musical. Did you get like a different script like every week based on like the news?
2: No, we didn't. (laughs) It didn't change that much. Um, it, it, I mean, it, we would have preferred had that, well, we would change sometimes an opening, we had an opening number that was like, you know, uh, had little moments in it, little, uh, moments where we would talk to the audience musical interludes where we would say things like today in the news or it, it, you know, it's been recently discovered that, you know, we would say little bits from the headlines. And a lot of those, a lot of those could last for weeks and weeks, if not months. But then again, some of them would be God, what we would have done with, I mean, we closed, when did we close? The 20, the middle of 2019 but it's just what's been going on, oh, my Lord, in the, in the government now, we would have been changing that section of the show constantly. And then, of course, there would have been, you know, there would have been more Trump numbers, and it would have changed. The, you know, we, 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 in an ideal world, it would change, you know, maybe every month or so. Because it takes time to write a comedy song yeah. and then learn it and stage it, and you want to do it a while. Um, but it, it, you know, we would have preferred that it change even more, but it's, it's, it's a bit of a bit of a investment of time and money and energy. Um, but even so I still got to bring, learn to do some new people, which was nice impressions.
0: Now, I know you usually have different cabarets throughout the year. Do you have any plans to do any live stream concerts or cabarets?
2: Well, I haven't done anything since the, the, the shutdown and I haven't figured out how I would do it. Although I have some suggestions and I know that I have to do my holiday show because this will be my, jeez, eight, my 13th snow business. There's no business like snow business. And I've been doing it for maybe the past six years or so. Uh, I'd say six years, um, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, this would have been the sixth or seventh year that I would have been at Feinstein's, but it's not going to happen at Feinstein's. So I've got to figure out a way to live stream it. And it's a lot of fun, and I need to do it because because it is a lot of fun. And because that's, you know, I mean, we just want to... We just want to...
0: Like performing.
2: Yeah, we'll perform and just think about Tinsel and Snowflakes and, you know, Holly and Santa Claus for a while. Um, and just, you know, divert our attention from everything else. And God knows where we're going to be in December, what kind of a world we're going to be living in in December. So, or if we'll even have a president in December, you know, who knows if we'll have a president chosen by then because of all the things that have been churning in the air about what might happen. So, but you know, everything we've been through in this world uh, since February has taught us if nothing else that... We we can't obsess and plan and overplan, and we I don't think we've all realized just how much we overplan things. And as a kid, nobody overplans more than the people around a child's life. You know what I mean? That's just the natural instinct is to plan, 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 plan. But in some ways, I think that the fact that we've all realized that we kind of have to just accept the world we're living in and find new ways to learn and find new ways to grow and find new ways to educate ourselves and entertain ourselves. And if we don't do it by the old rules, nobody's going to drop dead or die or nobody's you're not going to grow up and be a, you know, a competent adult. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's going to be amazing how you're actually going to be able to, you know, grow up and maybe even get a job and pay your bills just because this year kind of screwed around with the plans a little bit. Or a lot, everybody's going to be able going to be just fine, you know. Even though we we were all punched in the gut and tripped down the stairs and thrown a monkey wrench into our plans over and over again, we'll come out of it fine and uh, probably prouder at our abilities. Like you here, doing what you're doing to you know create something in your living room. Probably in your pajama bottoms, like me. I I may be wearing sparkles right now, but I have on plaid flannel pajama bottoms right now. That is the Zoom tradition. (laughs) That's what they tell me. (laughs) It's a little weird feeling. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. It just don't feel right. It's a little bizarre, you know? Yes. But it's my first uh, attempt at this in my pajama bottoms. So I kind of, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Well, I am so so excited to sing with you today. You had suggested "Get Happy" slash "Happy Days" duet performed by Barbara Streisand and Judy Garland. It's such a great duet. What made you select that song?
2: I, I can't remember. It was so long ago when we talked about this. I just can't remember. I my 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 dear neighbor. um, John Frickey is the like world's leading authority uh, on Judy Garland. He is a historian and in fact if you watch Turner Classic Movies he's always on their little you know Judy Garland specials talking about her and he in fact gave me the sheet music which if you you were playing it that's like the original copy not the original copy but a copy of the original copy that's the original style of the music and and um he actually gave me a bunch of her charts uh, to to use. And one of the, you know, they have the different, you know, the trombone part and the saxophone part and stuff like that. One of them was the vocal part and it said Miss Garland on the top of it. Now, that was not the original. That was a Xerox copy. Clearly the original must have been kept by him or been put in a museum somewhere because it was touched by Judy Garland. But um, I tell you, I tell you, Joshua, I think initially when we picked this, which would have been back in, what, May, maybe, when we started talking about this, April? I don't know when the emails were, but we we picked it way back then, and I just thought, okay, there's not a lot of duets I can think of, so that's a good one, and okay, you could play it, and okay, I had the music, and okay, it was in the right key, and you know, everything seemed to align nicely. But boy, oh boy. You know, I've waited like five months or March, May, June, July, August. Yeah, five months almost to finally sing it. And singing it after all this time has passed and so much has happened in the world, the words are. Have uh, an entire new meaning. Absolutely. I mean, what did you think when you were singing it? Were you listening to it?
0: they're really just two beautiful songs in this incredible medley mashup type thing but together like on their own they're amazing but together the lyrics provide an entire new meaning to what's going on right now in the world
2: it's amazing how well there are a lot of songs i find on sirius it happens all the time that i'll play a song that we've played forever and ever and the song has always been a beautiful song and then suddenly i listen to it with the ears of someone who's been deprived of human you know connection of 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 a certain kind you know we've had human connection but it's but, but a lot of the kind that we're accustomed to we've been deprived of and you suddenly just you're kind of blown away and like even the song Sunday from Sunday in the Park with George, which they sang in uh, TKT, the TKTS booth a few weeks ago, I've always thought the song was beautiful, but I never once had to look at it from the, from the perspective of someone who wasn't allowed to really hang out freely with other people. I mean, we can hang out, but we can't hang out freely. There are so many conditions to where we can stand, and what we can say, and what, and, and how we have to be masked, and who we can touch and who we can't touch. And then you hear a song like Sunday, which is just talking about people <sighs> out commingling with one another, not even there because they want to meet new people. They don't go to the park necessarily to make new friends. They usually go with their friends and stay with their friends, but they want to be around the presence of other of the energy of other people. And just everything about that song resonated differently with me. Listening to it with the ears of uh, someone who had lived through what we've all lived through. So I think there's a lot of songs in musical theater that are going to sound all, uh, very different because of what we've all been through, a lot of them, you know, and this song, this song, it just made me hopeful as I sang it and made me long for the moment when I can sing it and mean every and every word would actually apply you know meaning w- our cares and troubles are gone i was sort of projecting myself into however many 6 months from now 8 months from now when you know the masks can come off and and we can sing this song and it's going to be the absolute truth right now i'm just pro- i'm just projecting and imagining all of that as i sing it and it still works in its own way you know
0: and I'm so 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 excited to hear you sing the song with me. Here we go. Forget your troubles happy and day. just get
1: happy so here again. Come on and chase all the your sky. Care.
0: me feel so hopeful to the days when COVID is behind us and the bright lights on the Broadway marquees are back and shining and lighting up Midtown. I do miss that New York City, but I do truly believe that through all of this, we will learn and grow through this experience and hopefully emerge stronger than before. I know that my next guest can't wait until she gets back up on a stage soon. I'm so happy to welcome Elise Beerly to the Early Night Show to go! On with the show! Prior to this extended intermission, Elise was supposed to be in a production of Carrie, which was canceled and is currently in online school due to the pandemic. Hi, Elise! Hi! I'm so happy to have you on the Early Night Show!
3: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So am I! How have you been impacted by COVID?
3: Yeah, so it's been weird. I think, so the first, like, three months of quarantine, I, like, stayed inside except, like, walking my dog. (laughs) I didn't, like, go in a car or anything. Um, But, yeah, I've been, like, I've been doing online school, and my whole family's on Zoom, so we have, like, five days a week, five of us are on Zoom calls all at once, so (laughs) it's been weird, but, yeah. That's
0: so cool. It's definitely been like a bit of a challenging time to basically adapt to this new virtual environment. But yeah, definitely able to thrive and uh, perform safely in a new way. Speaking of performing, how have you remained connected to the performing arts during this time?
3: So I've been taking a lot of classes. Um, So I, I go to a performing arts school but I've been taking classes outside of school, like acting classes, master classes, voice lessons. Um, I've been doing some like Zoom project things that have been fun, so yeah. That's so cool.
0: I know that you actually started an incredible organization that really gives back to the community. Can you tell us more about it and how our listeners and viewers can get involved?
3: Yeah, great. So, uh, Seams of Hope, I started that when I was 13, so in 2014. Um, and I make blankets and pillows for kids with uh, DIPG, which is an inoperable brain tumor around the world. Um, and it's it occurs most in kids ages 6 to 10, and it's fatal. So it's a 6 to 9 month prognosis. And there's no cure, no treatment, nothing. So I make blankets to like raise awareness for it. I've sent them um, all over the world. So it's, it's a really rewarding opportunity. And um, yeah so I just raise awareness for like donating for clinical trials um just so people can like support families and I have my website is seamsofhope.org seams is my sewing seams and um yeah there's like a lot of organizations on there that you can donate to or go to like get involved pages um and there's instructions on how to make blankets if you would like to do that yeah
0: Oh, that's amazing. And thank you so much for what you're doing to children everywhere around the world and for making such a positive impact in their lives. Thank you. (laughs) I would love to have you sing a song with me today. What song would you like to sing and why did you select that song?
3: So I'm gonna sing Vanilla Ice Cream from She Loves Me. Um, It's just a really fun song. Amalia's character, she's like so peppy and outgoing. So I really like that. and my nana and I actually watched the pro shot version of the Broadway show a few nights ago and we absolutely loved it. So it's really fun, yeah.
0: That's so cool. The musical is so amazing and I love the song especially. I'm really, really yeah.
1: excited to hear you sing it. Here we go.
3: Thank you, let's go.
1: Dear friend, I'm so sorry about last night. It was a nightmare every way. Together, you and I will laugh at last night someday.
0: if you want to perform and sing along with me make sure to check out my tiktok at Josh turchin and look for some of my piano videos record duet and use the hashtag sing with josh and you may get featured on the early night show also if you're a student whose show was canceled please send us a link to a video of you singing to early at gmail.com and you may get a chance to go on the show If you're enjoying these virtual cabarets, please consider making a donation to the Actors Fund's Emergency Relief Fund at www.actorsfund.org to support people working in the entertainment industry who have suddenly found themselves out of work. Any bit helps. You can also find the Early Night Show on the Broadway Podcast Network, where our podcasts are found, and videos of our episodes online on theearlynightshow.com. Thanks again to my guests, Christine Petty and Elise Beerley, and let's keep entertaining. Any artists who want to be virtual guests, send me a direct message on my Instagram at Joshua Turchin, and let's keep making music to help the world. Stay healthy, wear a mask, and vote.